Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to The Eights Online. I'm happy that you're with us this morning. Let me just start off from the get-go and saying this. One term that I'm kind of tired of hearing uh, throughout this entire pandemic is the phrase, the new normal. The new normal. This is the new normal. We better get used to it. This is the new normal. We're hearing it left and right for every aspect of life. Yes, it's true. Like, this is the new normal. I mean, hey, The Eights is online. This is the new normal right now. Uh, as far as what's going on. And there is no question, there is a lot of hardship through this. This is difficult times. Like, there, there's no way to sugarcoat that. The, 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 there's hardship, there's tragedy going on of what's going on with, with COVID-19. There's no question about it. And I know this sounds a little bit insensitive, but one of the most fascinating things as far as what's occurring with the coronavirus is how this changes every aspect of the world that we know. Like, I mean, it, I saw one thing on the news how they were saying, for many people, working from home will now become the, the, the new normal, if you will. And people are saying, well, you know what? Maybe I don't need to live close to the city or live close to, to work. If I'm only going into the office two or three days a week, I can kind of live further out in the suburb. So obviously, if this trend occurs, this changes everything in the landscape of, of society. Like this changes political landscapes, this changes everything as far as people living kind of further out. So to me, that is so fascinating. Something that also is very fascinating from this, from this whole uh, coronavirus is how did Zoom get so big? Like to me, like Google is a monster, okay? Google is one of the biggest companies in the world. Why didn't Google Hangout like kind of dominate like the video conferencing world? Like how did Zoom get so big? I don't know. These are the kind of things that kind of run through my head as far as what's going on in world history uh, as us living throughout this pandemic. But there's no question this is affecting every aspect of life. You and I want things to go back to normal. Hey. I, I'm, I, I'm looking for it. I can't wait for the day when we can go back to church and I can hear people's phones ringing and, and babies crying. I want that. I want us to come together in um, communal worship of us being better at life together uh, in Christ. I want that. Don't, don't question me. But we have a natural reflex, all of us, including myself, is we want to just get back to what, how things were before. But it would be a tragedy. It would be a tragedy if we kind of race back into to life going back to normal without us growing throughout this entire season of life. Like this, it happens once in a lifetime, God willing. And I don't want us to just go back to normal. Like I don't want myself to go back to normal. Like through this hardship of me learning stuff about myself and my marriage and in the world, I don't want to go back to normal that I hope that I can grow throughout this season, and I hope you too as well. I want us to gain through this pain. There has to be gaining throughout this pain that we're going through. There is a monk in the fifth century. His name was Saint Mark the Ascetic. Saint Mark the Ascetic. So for, for, for many uh, um, historical figures, especially in the Christian world, you'll hear like a, a phrase given by someone's name. Uh, to describe something about them. Like you might hear of a missionary called St. Paul the Apostle. Okay, he was doing the, the work of an apostle. You know, some people might say Father Nathaniel the Strong, you know, and they see my muscles. That's maybe the phrase that they'll put next to my name. So St. Mark the Ascetic, he was called the Ascetic because he lived an ascetical life. Someone that lives an ascetical life is, is really pushing towards self-discipline, living an ascetic life for them to kind of to dis discipline every aspect of their life. So he really strived to live that life 
while he was in this world. St. Mark the Ascetic was born in Greece, uh, but he ended up spending majority of his time as a monk in the monasteries of Egypt. He said this beautiful quote. Hear me out on this. This is what St. Mark the Ascetic said. Do not claim to have acquired virtue. Do not claim to have acquired virtue unless you have suffered affliction. For without affliction, virtue has not been tested. Do not claim to have acquired virtue unless you have suffered affliction. For without affliction, virtue has not been tested. You're watching this. You're with, at the eight. You want a virtue in life. Like a virtue is just a high moral quality that you want. You want to live a moral life. You, there's a certain ethic you want to pursue in this world. Like we can say for vast majority of humanity, there are certain ethics that we can all agree in. Maybe you want to have more control in your life. You want to have more control in your finances or in your relationships or in your career. You want to have more control. That's a virtue that maybe you want to pursue. Any virtue, if I want to be more patient, there has to be affliction in order for me to gain or to gain more of the virtue of patience. Maybe that website is not loading or that app is not loading on my phone. That aff affliction is helping me gain the virtue of patience. Maybe that's at a micro level. But that's true at a, at a macro level. The affliction that you and I are dealing with throughout this pandemic. It's gaining virtue. We all want virtue. But we all want it the easy way, right? But maybe through this affliction that we're going through, maybe we can gain virtue. St. Mark the Ascetic was, was right what he said in the 5th century about this. Here's a question for me to ask myself and for you to ask yourself. What are we learning throughout this pandemic? What are we learning dealing with, with this instability or, or just how things are going in the world and society and the economy and in our lives and our, in our households? What are we learning? What are we learning and what are we wanting to move forward? What are we learning now about ourselves or through what's going on? And we're wanting that to continue as things kind of go to, quote unquote, the new normal. What are we learning that we're wanting for that to continue throughout? This is what I want to say. Uh, I want to say this quote from C.S. Lewis, which is just an amazing author. He wrote this book called The Problem of Pain. The Problem of Pain. A uh, very fascinating read and fascinating title. This is what C.S. Lewis said about this. This is his own, his own personal words. My own experience is something like this. I am progressing along the path of life. Let me, let me kind of paraphrase what comes next. Where C.S. Lewis is saying, I'm progressing on the path of life and everything is going well. And then all of a sudden, hardship comes of, of a headline that I saw in the newspaper or something happens in my life that kind of just, just puts everything on hold and completely shifts my life as I knew it. Something like this occurs. My own experience is something like this. I'm progressing along the path of life, and then all of a sudden I'm threatened by something that occurs. An external factor occurs which threatens what I knew as being normal. And that, 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 that threat, that external factor, makes me want to change an aspect of my life. You get this. You go to the doctor. The doctor says, unless you exercise or change your diet, you don't have that much left in your life or your, your, your chances of getting this certain disease is 10 times more likely unless you change, right? That external factor makes us change our life. That makes us change our habit. Maybe our spouse says, well, unless you change this aspect, unless you change your work habits, unless you change your drinking habits, unless you change this aspect of your life, things are gonna end, right? We get this threat in some way. Th there's a threat that comes our way. 
And that makes us change temporarily. That's all of us. C.S. Lewis continues. My own experience is something like this. I'm progressing along the path of life, and then there's a threat, and that makes me change. And then he continues, or I'm paraphrasing. But the moment the threat is withdrawn, the moment the threat is withdrawn, once now, like, I maybe I changed my diet for a little bit, but things kind of go back to normal. Once that threat is withdrawn, and things kind of go back to quote-unquote normal, the old normal, C.S. Lewis continues, I behave like a puppy. When the hated bath is over, I shake myself as dry as I can and race off to reacquire my comfortable dirtiness. For those who have dogs, you get this, right? I behave like a puppy. When the hated bath is over, I shake myself as dry as I can and race off to reacquire my comfortable dirtiness. There's always a trigger in our life that kind of makes me like question things that make me say, okay, I need, to, I need to stop this habit. I need to start this habit. I need to change my schedule. I need to modify this part of my life. There's always a trigger externally that makes us want to modify a habit or quit a habit or, 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 or change something about our life. But once that external factor is gone, once that, that external motivation is gone, we all go back to our old normal. It's human nature to return to bad habits once the trigger or once the stimulus is not there anymore. You heard the phrase, don't let a good thing go to waste. Don't let a good thing go to waste, right? Well, I want to do the flip. Don't let a bad thing go to waste. I don't want this pandemic just to kind of go through and we just go back to the old normal. Don't let a bad thing go to waste. That through this hardship, through this affliction, maybe there are some lifelong virtues that I can gain and retain and continue to move forward for me to find edification, maybe for, for my relationships to find edification, or me to be better at life by living a virtuous life. Maybe I can gain that through the afflictions that are coming our way. Another way to ask this, the question, let me put this in a, in a question format for all of us. What should I begin doing that I should have been doing all along? What should I have been doing that I should have been doing all along. Okay, so let me kind of go through three points here. Some of you might hate me, especially for the first two points, but through this, but, but hey, no pain, no gain, all right? Finances. Maybe there was a lot of principles that we knew I should save and I should do this and that, and maybe we knew about that. But once affliction comes, maybe we said, well, I, I wish I was doing this or I wish I was doing that. Here's something you already know. I'm preaching to the choir, but you know this. Saying that I want something is so much better than to say I owe something. It, it, there, there's tension on both sides, but the idea of saying, oh, I really want this. I really want the new whatever. I want a new car. I want to upgrade this. I want a new house. I want to, that, that's a tension within itself, but it's better to have that tension than the opposite of saying, I owe this. I need to pay off this, or I have a debt of this. I owe this. So th there's tension on both sides, but come on, wouldn't we rather have the tension of saying, I want this? A, fin a financial hole, a financial hole that any of us might be in, might be a byproduct of our, our, our lack of self-control. A financial hole that maybe some of us are in may be due to a fact of our lack of self-control. Yes, of course, the, 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 the pandemic has played a role. I get it. There's no question about it. But maybe there's a factor, too, of our lack of self-control. Think about it. 
Before this entire coronavirus hit, maybe a lot of us were saying, man, if I only had more money, I would have done do this. If I had more money, I'll do this, right? That was what we were saying. Now with the virus, we're saying, if I only saved, I would have done X, Y, and Z. Only if I saved, I wouldn't be in this position, right? Now all of a sudden our language and our mindset has changed now due to affliction. The writer of the book of Proverbs, which is King Solomon, somebody who, who desired to, to have wisdom from above, divine wisdom, this is his words. He said, the, he said this, like a city whose walls are broken, broken through, is a person who lacks self-control. Like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. Maybe we don't understand this historical imagery, this doesn't relate to us, but a wall is what protects me. A wall is, 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 is what protects me. But if there's holes in it, man, then, then there's no structure to anything of, of my life. There's no stability. So maybe for a lot of us, if there's no self-control, then things are kind of just passively happening in my life. There's no discipline. There's no virtue of discipline in my life if there's holes in my wall. This is timeless. This is ancient Jewish manuscript, which is so true for us today. A lack of self-control leads to a life out of control. A lack of self-control leads to a life out of control. And I guarantee you, a virtue that you want in your life is control. You want a life, you want to have your life under control. One of the smartest people I know when it comes to finances uh, is, is Michael Noir, a member of our church. He's just a wizard when it comes to, to finances. And he gave a talk, I think probably about a few months ago, uh, at the 8 at St. Mark Church. And he talked about the, the, some principles of finances, because we have to be, we're entrusted with our finances, so we have to be wise in how we manage it. So he was giving us a, you know, a couple of great lessons uh, about how we can manage our finances. Uh, and then one of the things, one of the principles that he was saying is that we need to make sure that we save and make sure we have a reserve to three to six months of, of our monthly expenses. And I remember sitting there when Michael was saying this, a lot of people were like, can you tell us, Michael, why do I need uh, a reserve of three to six months? Isn't that crazy? Isn't it better for me to invest or pay off this or do or to spend the money and things like that? And he was saying, you never know. Literally, that, that, that was in 2020. That was in the beginning of 2020 when Michael gave us that talk. And now looking back at it, we, it, we're like, yeah, for a lot of us, like, man, I, I, I really wish I did live by that principle. Listen, we're all hit hard by this. Every single one of us in some shape or form, this has affected the entire globe and everyone's impacted by this. Our natural reflex is wanting to blame our boss for the position I'm in, wanting to blame the economy, wanting to blame politics. I get all that, okay? I, I, I'm, I'm with you on all that. But maybe some of us need to take ownership ourselves for the position that we are in. Maybe it's us not living certain virtuous uh, or having certain disciplines in our life and our finances. And maybe that's one of the reasons why we're in the position. Maybe I need to take ownership of having lack of self-discipline when it comes to my finances. Relationships, all right? It's a complicated issue, complicated topic, but relationships. Maybe for a lot of us throughout this pandemic, maybe we appreciate our friendships and our relationships a lot more. But let's also face it. There's a lot more tension in households and marriages with our kids because of what's going on. If there's stress, an external factor, of course, I'm going to release that stress in my marriage or on my kids. It's affecting every aspect. 
but we're also making more phone calls to friends and we're also leaning on them more. There was a fascinating thing I saw that Verizon Wireless, they were saying phone calls have gone up 33% over the past three months because of the pandemic. People are wanting to talk to, to people more. So people are talking, or we're in communication more with our friends as opposed to just uh, screens or living an isolated life because we are relational beings. We desire those relationships. But at the same time, there are more issues and crisis and problems with our relationships. And, 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 and I think all of us can relate to that. And I just want to touch on this real quick because starting next week, we'll be starting a, a series here at the A called Say What? We'll be starting a series on how we can understand each other because, right, I say something and you misinterpret it. So there's a problem in the way we communicate. So hold on to that. There'll be a great summer group about that. Um, and we'll talk about more about that at the A starting June 7th here. Um, at the eight. But wouldn't it be nice? Okay, just just kind of like dream with me. Wouldn't it be nice that we look back at this entire pandemic and through this affliction that we're going through? Wouldn't it be nice to say, you know what? It was coronavirus that was the catalyst for me to deepen my relationship with my wife or with my husband. Maybe I want to be able to say it was the pandemic. It was the quarantine that made us talk out some issues that we tried to hide. It was the pandemic that made me bond with my kids in a deeper way, in a more genuine way. It was, it was during the pandemic that I realized I just tell them what to do and what not to do, and I haven't really bonded with them as a friend. It was the pandemic that made us call a counselor to really get down to the bottom of some of the issues we have. It was the coronavirus that made, wouldn't it be nice that, that we can look back at this season of life and say it was because of the coronavirus that our marriage strengthened or deepened because we wanted to really resolve some of the issues. Before, we were able to hide at, at work and kind of just, just live as roommates and just be busy. Now we have no option to, but to be in each other's faces and having to deal with this. Maybe I can look back at this season of life and say, you know what? It was because of the coronavirus that we were able to sit down, talk about our emotions, and, and, and work out things that we just kind of hid and just kind of threw under the rug, but now we dealt with it, and this is where we grew the most. Wouldn't it be beautiful for us to say that when all this is said and done? Maybe for a lot of us, this entire pandemic has kind of rocked our worldview. Like our worldview is how we view things or how things are wired in this world. Maybe this has rocked it. Maybe for a lot of us, we prayed for the first time in our life. Because maybe we have more questions than we have answers. Maybe for some of us, it's the first time we opened up the Bible. Like we're trying to find some type of, of, of peace. Maybe for some of us, this has rocked the, 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 the literal foundation of how we thought the world was wired. Maybe for a lot of us, we, we, like there's a truth to this that a lot of us think, every single one of us in some shape or form, believe in, 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 in the gospel being a prosperity gospel. That if I do good, then whoever is above better do something good back to me. If I'm nice, then God's gonna be nice to me, all right? We have to fight that ideology, but all of us wanna kind of push back to that, to that thought process. So if I do X, then God's gonna do Y, right? We like to think that God likes to think like us, and we think like that. That can't be any farther from the truth. Your version of God, maybe your version of Christianity, is not the most genuine or organic, or ancient version of Christianity. God doesn't work like that. He doesn't work like us. Maybe the God we're pursuing is above our logic. Maybe he's the one that has everything in the palm of his hand. Maybe he's the one that's wanting us to find 
a virtuous life. Maybe, one, maybe he's wanting us to be edified through this crisis that we're in. Maybe your version of God is different than the, the God of Christianity. We're going to get through this. We'll get through this crisis. We'll get through this pandemic. There's no question. But my prayer for me and my prayer for you is that we do not go back to the old normal, that we're just in a rush to just get back to busy and just kind of just that, that we don't resolve some of the issues that are residing within us, within our relationships. Maybe some of the issues, some of the stuff, the principles we knew about finances that we're, we're going to just kind of completely throw it out the door. Because once this, this, this external uh, st stimulus is gone or this factor is, is, is gone, we're going to go back to our old habits. That's the last thing I want for you and me. That I hope, I hope, I hope that through this pandemic, but maybe this makes us better versions of ourselves. That maybe we rely on some of the principles that you and I know, but maybe we can say, God, I don't want to resolve this on my own. I don't want to just go back like a dog and just kind of shake off the thing that makes me clean and go back to my dirty habits, as C.S. Lewis said. Maybe that through this affliction, I can gain the virtues that I've always desired, but it requires me to pay attention to what's going on now and to fight the reflex of just wanting to go back to the old normal. Let us say a prayer together. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Lord, all of us have this itch of just wanting to just get busy and just go back to the old and, and, and forget like this, none of this happened. But Lord, I pray that we can embrace this affliction, embrace the questions that we have, embrace the, 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 the fear or the anxiety that we have. But Lord, that through our weakness, through our questions, we can find life in you. Because Lord, you came down that you, as, 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 as you became incarnate. Jesus, you came to show us the way to life. You are the one who overcame the world. You embraced infliction. Lord, we want to embrace the affliction that's upon us and for us to find not just virtues of us just to be better people, but for us to embrace divine virtues, which is only found in you. Through the prayers of all your saints, Lord, hear us as we pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. For those who are, are watching this live, I, I want to send a reminder that, that next week we're starting a new series uh, called Say What? Of us being able to understand how we communicate better with different personalities, of how we can understand what we're saying to each other. We're also doing a summer group called I Said This, You Heard That, all right? So it's going to be based off this workbook. So if you are wanting to understand each other better, understand others better, understand yourself better, um, I encourage you to sign up for this four-week summer group. All the details are online, stmarkatl.church slash online. All right, everyone, have a great week. Mm -hmm.